0: Hello and welcome to Movie Theater Time Machine Podcast. This month, uh, we begin 2022 with movies about the future. Sort of a follow-up to, um, I believe it was last year when we had past futures, but we op- I opened it up a little more to just uh, futures in general, because we had more options and totally want an excuse to review uh, Idiocracy later on.
1: Oh, yes.
0: But this time.
1: Oh, I've been waiting to say <laughs> one line on the internet for five years. So yeah, I'm ready.
0: But that, that is not yeah. now. That is the future. <laughs> well, maybe it's the past by the time you're listening. But anyways, um, this week we wanted to start a little older and we are going with things to come, uh, um, from 1936. And it's, um, well, you have the uh technical information,
1: yes. Uh, things to come written by H.G. Wells, uh, starring Raymond Massey, Edward Chapman, Ralph Richardson, Margarita Scott, Cedric Hardwick, and Anne Todd. Um, this there's quite a bit with this, uh, it's a British film. That was uh, outlined, uh, a couple of influences here, so it's obviously from the H.G. Wells book, Shape of Things to Come, a uh, work that's less of a novel and more of a discussion. It's how he presents notes and how what he thinks a 22nd century diplomat would be like, a uh, story of days to come, and work, wealth, and happiness of mankind. Guess which he one was more fun? 21st century. 22nd. Oh. In so- the book.
0: But, oh yeah. okay so because yeah. in this movie it it covers three time periods yeah. um 1940 and then there's um a period from 1966 through 1970 and then we jump ahead to the futuristic year 14 years from now in 2036
1: yeah and there's quite a bit of interesting thoughts that came with this and i mean like at first we cut this a few times. At first, I'm like, oh, well, this is a weird, you know, American film. Like, wait a minute, a lot of these people are British. Oh, it's a British flick. Okay.
0: So did he, yeah. he work on the script or something? I thought I read that in passing.
1: Yeah, he did, yeah.
0: Okay, H.G. Wells, that is. Right. Okay, because there is, a, I believe in the 70s, a movie called The Shape of Things to Come, but it doesn't... That's
1: totally different. Yeah, it's like yeah.
0: about a some kind of after a robot war or some yeah. shit like that.
1: Yeah, that's totally different. I mean, Shape of Things to Come is a
0: the movie?
1: Yeah, no, the book. Oh. Shape of the you know, Shape of Things to Come, which the seventies movie was kind of more towards the book um, more than anything, actually found huh. that there's um a relation to uh Huxley's Brave New World. And um, you know, it's it's a very, very, very different type where you have the um the alphas, the epsilons, are the same deal. Oh, that's, that's definitely the, brave new yeah, world, right? But um, "Shape of Things to Come" is devoted to demonstrating time and like control of world education. So people draw a lot of parallels to that. That's actually one of my favorite books too.
0: Mm. So um, I went with this movie because I I just had the sense of the themes. Um, irrelevant now when lots of people are questioning does humanity have a future and are we fucking everything up with technology or is technology the best ever so um and the effects were pretty good too although there are some unintentionally uh comical moments right <laughs> um i don't know whether i should list various ones now or just Okay, well, in the 1940s segment, it's Christmas, and you, there's, like, a lot of footage of people in a bustling city. Like, there's the kid looking in the window as if it was the beginning of a Christmas story. Um But then you notice in the background, there's, like, dudes wearing sandwich boards with giant fonts proclaiming war news, like, that war's may probably coming. and And then eventually in later in that segment you start getting like poster after poster is like war 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 is it
1: right and i i think that's the um that's a really good visual analogy because this uh, ramps this, it up yeah this uh, like you know you have everybody kind of bliss and especially regarding christmas where it's very ideal and you know nobody really hates anybody and you know what's the uh, you know, there's a big famous thing about World War One was when the German and the British troops called a truce for the day and then just hung out and shared food and, you know, made presents for each other and hung out on Christmas Day. And then it was back to the fighting again. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's like, okay, it's Christmas. No one's going to fight, but there's war coming. So it's very underlined that. I really, really enjoy that.
0: Yeah. At least for this. Um, and then we're introduced to, uh, three characters. Uh, there's the, the dude with the glasses. That's passworthy. Um, John Cabal. I have trouble saying his name. I guess I'll just call him John. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's the guy who t- totally looks like a weird cross between Raul Julia and, um, uh, a little bit of Christopher Lloyd and a little bit of, um, I, I don't know. Oh, wait, his, his, I am was it IMDB, where they got that picture of uh, yeah. color that yeah. makes him look a little like Carl Potter.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Isn't a little Harry Morgan, right, but stretched right, out. Does, yeah. But then
0: you said he was in Arsenic and Old Lace, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh!
1: Raymond Massey played a great character called John Brewster. That's uh, one of my favorite movies. We did review that. It's one of my favorite movies of all time.
0: Yeah, he was the guy they kept calling Boris Karloff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Um so pass and then you have the third guy, uh, Doctor Harding. Yeah. Um he's sort of like in the middle because Passworthy is optimistic about the future and he's like, Oh ne- they never have war and stuff, although um shouldn't he remember World War One?
1: He well, I mean this this world is sort of
0: Maybe he's not quite old enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean the old man would definitely remember it. I mean, you know, the old man at the when they're hanging around the, the tree. The
0: Christmas tree?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean he's like, you know, very Santa Claus like, like, oh, I remember war. And <laughs> um, you know, it's definitely a difference of the ages, but I mean this I don't think
0: he was talking about war. He was talking about toys um and wonders.
1: Yeah, so I mean it's you know, I remember the way things used to be.
0: Well, he was also kind of optimistic because he said he wanted to see the wonders and wondered what the children would see in the future.
1: Yeah.
0: Because um, he was examining, like, a toy cannon with moving <laughs> yeah. parts, and he said, our toys were so much simpler with toys, wooden soldiers and um, arcs, and and then he wondered if the complicated toys are too much for the children. <laughs> Yeah. Um, which yeah. is a theme that gets echoed later with the uh space gun, but that's th- the third segment.
1: I think that was one of those things that was unintentionally hilarious for me.
0: Yeah, like what yeah. the hell is so complicated about a a cannon that has a hinge? Yeah, so you can move it.
1: Well, like, you know, these toys are good. Those ladies like, well, it helps them use their hands, and now it's like I, I, I thought immediately of um. Uh, million ways to die in the West. Oh, with uh, they're walking by and they're like the kids today with a stick in the hoop. Come on now, it's <laughs> it's gonna take them away from the Lord.
0: <laughs> but it, it's that's another thing that I <laughs> that I was thinking about, like a the whole <laughs> can progress go too far thing, or yeah. just an old person talking about how new stuff and kids all the way back in nineteen thirty six. Mm. It's like I guess it's a timeless theme. Yeah. Kids these days, are.
1: <laughs> yeah, or did we do too much, you Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Passworthy doesn't think war's gonna happen, and yeah. um, uh, John is... He's a, called a pessimist because he thinks war's gonna happen, and then they're talking about whether war's good or bad, because John says... That uh, war gets in the way of progress, while E says that war stimulates progress. I mean, they both kind of have a point. But um, when the pe- the people are coming home for Christmas after Christmas visits, uh, that's when shit goes down, and um, there's searchlights and an air raid and airplanes. And I'm not entirely sure when the city gets bombed and gassed. I, I don't. That's not right away, though.
1: Well, I mean, you assume it's within the you know a couple of days
0: because Harding goes off. I think that's who, who's going into the subway, and then we see that John ha and um, is talking to his wife while their kid sleeps about because um, uh, she's like wondering whether it was a mistake to have kids in this in a world like this. Which is something I think a lot of people ask themselves or think about now. yeah. Maybe forever, I don't know.
1: Oh, God, yeah, especially in the past 20 years.
0: I just wonder if it's just us thinking that we're the only ones, but maybe it's, I wonder if it's been like that throughout time. Like, do you think when, what, Genghis Khan was running around fucking shit up that medieval, not medieval, um... Ancient villagers were like uh shit, we shouldn't have had kids, but then again, maybe it was different.
1: well yeah, what kind of world do you have? I mean it's always in a in a time of all out war, it's always you know you're gonna see um you're gonna see drops, it's all uh, drops in population growth like um with the way the world is, you know especially now, and like um even with the doomsday clock. You know, the way the like you know, if it's two minutes to midnight or if it's three minutes to midnight, whatever it may be, if it's three minutes to midnight, then you know, like, okay, you see the world start to try dro- the world population starts dropping or birth rates start dropping, which, you know, scares the shit out of governments mm. from time to time. But, you know, oh you know, yeah, yeah, it's always been that way. It was um like especially like right around where the time is right now with world war 2 there was um you know third you know jesus like 16 years uh in in america and in, uh, in reality 16 years of just population drop and that's why you have the generation after called the baby boomers mm. you know cuz all of a sudden there was an explosion of it
0: Because they pooped their diapers. Yeah, it
1: was like, okay, well, the (laughs) the world war is over. Boom, there you go. And everybody wanted to have babies again.
0: Yeah, I feel like uh, it's probably different, though, post-60s somehow, because birth control...
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Must have done something with the uh, birth rates, but... I mean, it was it was an interesting discussion because, especially since uh, that wasn't Mary. Mary was the next one, the next segment, right? I, I think so. I didn't yeah. catch her name yeah. in the 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 first one, uh, but she was. Uh, it was interesting that she was kind of talking in the past tense, as if they yeah. were doomed.
1: Yeah. yeah
0: and yeah. um. Uh, but see now, what's a little confusing is then John is kind of the optimist, be, sort of. I mean, be, I guess his position isn't so much. A, hmm, it's more hopeful than yeah. than necessarily believing things will get better.
1: Well, I mean, you always got to have that optimism in these situations.
0: But there's a difference between hoping that things get better and believing that things yeah. will get better. True. Um, so he talked about how it's important to have courage and that they didn't do the wrong thing because how are they supposed to predict this kind of shit? They can't live their lives in fear, mm. which has become kind of a theme. At least I noticed in the last segment. And um, I guess, yeah, he's got a point because kind of reminds me of um, post 9-11 with the whole... Uh, people afraid of airplanes but then you tell yourself um you know you should get on an airplane or else the terrorists win you know
1: right if you keep living in fear yeah i kind of find it funny is one of the things i just i remember like they show sanderson department store oh and sanderson was not an actual department store until recently but Sanderson is actually really funny. I'm going to show Kaz this before our listeners will explain. I in a see
0: minute. Hocus Pocus.
1: Yeah, Sanderson is the Sanderson sisters. Okay. From Hocus Pocus, someone and named
0: it, a department store after them.
1: No, not necessarily. It's just more pure coincidence. Oh. More than anything, but Sanderson. I mean, I I have not. I didn't find anything that said that of uh, what would Sandersons be. Mm. Um, for that but there is an actual sanderson department store in in uh, england
0: yeah this town is the focal point in in all three eras yeah Uh, it's called every town
1: yeah and at first it was like oh every town has a problem Every town is like this. Every town, like it just no. The town is every town.
0: Well, yeah, but it yeah. symbolizes yeah. any town,
1: right? Right. That yeah. exists. Yeah, but if I'm just saying. At first, there was a little confusion. Like, what do? You, what are you talking about?
0: Oh, I just figured ham-fisted symbolism. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, I have to mention battleship dinosaur. Yeah. What the fuck kind of name for a battleship is that? I, I think they hear it on the radio or something that when the war's beginning, because this movie is drama through and through it. But that I found unintentionally hilarious because it just reminded me of, say, a five-year-old kid just mashing toys across a carpet, pro- naming the battleship, battleship dinosaur.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which kind of makes me made me start thinking because I was wondering... So, uh, in our minds, are dinosaurs associated with children now, I guess?
1: I guess so. I mean, I I was, played
0: with dinosaurs, toys. Yeah,
1: I was never really a dinosaur person.
0: Oh, I was. I, yeah. I wanted to be a paleontologist and an astronaut. Yeah,
1: I... I've been... Yeah, I man, I, I kind of, like... I don't know, I hung around people and I was like, oh, I know about bones but i was never really fully into it mm. i don't know i think for years i was going to be a carpenter huh. but a different story different day
0: but um uh, yeah i just because if you think about it if a dinosaur seems like a fearsome thing that would make an appropriate name for a battleship but just if it was battleship tyrannosaurus rex yeah. that would be a l- slightly less Uh, adorable (laughs) right but still sounds a little childish so it's just kind of interesting i wonder when dinosaurs started becoming associated with children's toys kind of thing
1: Mm, i I don't know i mean it it might you're you're right it might have always been
0: i don't know i mean i I doubt in the 19th century when that shit was getting started up Mm. building steam you know i i don't i don't know but uh yeah, then the city gets bombed and there's gas and I I assumed that kid in the rubble who's probably dead is Passworthy's son.
1: Yeah, because
0: he was dressed up like this little soldier and, and they said goodnight and he had a little tiny drum and so that's kind of sad, but
1: um. I'm gonna fight in the war, Daddy. Yeah. I'm gonna fight
0: in the war. But yeah, you know, the people did get gas masks and stuff, but I guess. Bombs were pro- were what killed them. Another unintentionally hilarious thing is when this is happening, there's this one guy in a top hat waving his fist angrily at the sky.
1: It just reminded me. And then me, boom. Yeah, it just reminded me of the Simpsons gag, <laughs> one of my favorite. Meme? Yeah, of the uh, the newspaper clipping, old man yells at cloud.
0: <laughs> yeah. That has
1: always been one of the best ones ever, and it's never explained. Hmm. Really, it's just like, okay, that happened. It's like, oh, yeah. I think Grandpa goes, I was famous in the paper once. And just like, what? <laughs> it's one of my favorites ever. Uh,
0: but, uh, yeah, there's gas. And I thought that was kind of interesting because I wondered how this story would have played out if yeah. anyone involved had known about atomic bombs lurking around the corner.
1: Right.
0: Oh, I got to ask you. Yeah. um They never specifically mention hitler or germany even though hitler was floating around in yeah. the 30s i don't know what that timeline is
1: okay hitler was never really a full power at this point i mean this movie was filmed was he had a
0: battery light going off
1: no he was he wasn't at the full power at this given moment but he had um he um he started really started getting into small level politics and then Around 1936, which is when this movie oh. was released. But, you know, a lot of the world didn't really know about him yet. It was just, okay, there's that guy who was ahead of Germany and he was, um, he didn't become supreme dictator until later, until like 38, 39. Huh. So, and then that's when he started doing other shit and started um, trying to, uh, he tried to get into Czechoslovakia or Poland and stuff.
0: Okay, because. Yeah. Yeah, they never—it seemed like they were dancing around, like, wink-wink, nudge-nudge a little bit. Yeah. But not in a funny way. Just well,
1: like, I mean, you also had other people who were close to this, like, you know, and to me— like, fascism? Yeah, they're, right. I mean, there's there's two characters that are very close to today. One of them was very, very obvious. Mm one of them very obvious and another one i'm like yeah yeah i can kind of see it that way but i will get to it when we get to it
0: uh i was just talking about i wondered who um they had in mind yeah cuz it was like um, when they're looking at the newspaper um one of them is like ah him again
1: making yeah. speeches or um, something It might have been mussolini uh. at that point and, and on I, the
0: radio they said they weren't sure what country attacked but yeah um that it was you know who probably was kind of something like that.
1: Yeah, it, it might have been Mussolini oh. to a degree. I mean, this you know Mussolini was around, like, he started coming to power in Italy in the late 20s. Huh. So, it, you know, and I know he started to take over and wanted to, like, make a second Roman Empire.
0: <sighs>
1: and, you know, that didn't go too well at all. Mussolini, Fusili... Wait, no, went up the, the
0: pasta? It oh, the you're just saying that because you watched the Fasili Jerry Seinfeld Yeah, it's
1: my favorite episode, episode of Seinfeld ever.
0: I, I, I was just very pleased that they actually did a plot I wanted to see done. <laughs> that where somebody actually does land on something in a million to one shot, gets it up their butt, but nobody believes them because whenever someone says, oh, I fell on it, it got in my butt. They're usually just making shit up, so they're not embarrassed at the doctors as much. But they did it back in the nineties in this episode, and I'm like, that's amazing.
1: <laughs>
0: so we we get some nice imagery, like with the the shadowy soldiers marching yeah. and stuff. It reminded me of
1: yeah,
0: like Looney Tunes or something, yeah. or news old newsreel parodies,
1: right? Right? Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. And I liked what they did with the giant numbers just yeah. rising up and there's this weird smoke, Yeah, the th- same blackness.
1: I, I think of how they did that. They probably used cutouts of the numbers and then just angled the lights right at the right direction to, to reflect. a silhouette. Yeah, so just right to reflect it. It reminded me of when I was in... Um, uh when i was in college and i had to do a performance piece and i uh decided to do like a yoko ono style yes thing Mm. and um i made this i made this little uh clay figure of a man that um when he and i made it like the shape of my flashlight so i turned the flashlight on and it just projected yes over a bunch of negativity Oh. And it was like, ooh, like, oh, that was really cool. So it's um, it was something that came and everybody loved it, and then it accidentally got destroyed by somebody's dog. I okay. I felt really bad about that. Dog
0: ate your homework?
1: The dog literally ate my homework, and thankfully the professor was there to see it. He's like, wow, thank God. I didn't know that would happen.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> and we see montages yeah. of, like, you know, tanks and planes and battleships Hmm. and then we start seeing the futuristic tanks and those are pretty cool designs because they they have that overly rounded streamlined look and my first joke was like uh, remember the movie ai with the tape dispenser (laughs) cars not that they were narrow it was just kind of everything was so curvy unlike like a 40s car well not so much the rooftops those were kind of squarish but right like those mobster cars where it's all
1: yeah
0: aerodynamic curves and shit right like art deco maybe yeah i don't know but i thought those were kind of cool looking mm. um and then we see that oh, ne- let's see 1945 and then more war montages and then 1955. And then 1965, then I guess they're still fighting, but their clothes look more ragged now. Mm. Like, not even proper helmets anymore, just, like, whatever, hats or shit you could put on your head. Um, And then we get to 1966, and every town is an apocalyptic dump. And uh, also, biological warfare has started being a thing. Well, I mean... I'm, in its modern sense, because didn't, like a long time ago, people launch, catapult dead people with Black Plague or something into their enemies.
1: Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, damn, you're right.
0: That kind of thing. But in this case, it was bombs that distributed some kind of, um, what did they call it, the walking sickness? Yeah. And it's 100% fatal.
1: Yeah, which was really kind of hit home.
0: Yeah, because then they had a plague for a year. and they, But this plague killed off half the population, as we find out in text form, between 1966 and 1970. But, I mean, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah, 1960s, or no, 1967, to, something like that.
1: Yeah, I'm. I mean, you know, that's the stuff that really did hit home itself. And I mean, can I can I just um, put something in here for a moment? Uh, for longer listeners, you probably realize that there's a little bit less people on this episode. Um, and you know, as I've mentioned before, I in my day job, I am a COVID vaccine manager. Um, at a local clinic, and it hit home enough. So um, they did say it was okay to say this, but uh, Dan and Joss have contracted COVID. Don't worry, they're fine. You know they're getting treatment. They're passing. They're they're. They
0: got vaccinated.
1: They're they're vexed, and they're you know Joss is booster. Dan is not yet, but you know it's it's okay. But honest to God, people, I mean. At my day job, half of my staff has been, uh, has been out with symptoms where they've been diagnosed. So, like, I've gotta, like, I've, I've gotta just put this out here. I mean, just for this, this part of the movie fucking hit home so much. Mm. Because, you know, it's, it, I don't give a shit whether you think your rights are being violated or something. We're all in this together. And I really thought growing up that, you know, if we had something like this, that we would all band together a little <laughs> more. And, you know, we would just say, hey, you know, okay, there's a virus. We're, we're at fucking war, people. You know, get your ass out there. Get the goddamn vaccine and just let's be done with this shit. Because it's been almost two years and I'm fucking done. Like, I'm just done with it. And I don't want to drag the rest of the episode down. So I'll leave it here. But just whether you believe in a universe, God, or whatever the hell you call it, just keep us all your thoughts. I know Dan and Joe should be back next week, so we'll see. Keep on, people.
0: Uh, yeah, so uh, this walking sickness, we get a small segment about it where there's this gross, weird, sweaty guy wandering around with his arms straight out like a freaking zombie. <laughs> and I guess...
1: But, like, what was the stage direction? Like, imagine, like, the 1930s. Okay, we're going to oil this guy up. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, what you're going to do, you're going to walk like a zombie, but kind of like a vampire. And keep in mind, um, your arms don't work, so you have to grab with your elbows when you're shot.
0: Oh, my God. That was another...
1: Wait, what? Okay, do it. Ready? This is your big time, kid. Ready? Go.
0: (laughs) That was another unintentional comedy when uh, yeah. when he gets shot and there is there is absolutely nothing
1: I'm a zombie
0: there's, there's not even a smidge of makeup to make a bullet hole and obviously they didn't have any squibs yeah just uh, not even uh, clasping over the supposed bullet wound like you'd see in a bad 50s western or some shit just uh, his hands just got weird like it just made me think Attack on Titan
1: Right, yeah. Um yeah.
0: And you know how uh interesting the Titans.
1: <laughs> yeah, true.
0: Yeah, they 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 right. Um but uh I yeah, I guess the guy shouting at the other guy to shoot him ended up becoming the chief later of every town.
1: Right. Cuz
0: he was decisive. Um Yeah. And that was, the policy was just, you know, everyone who has this illness that's 100% fatal, uh, shoot them. And apparently it worked. So, um, thank God we have vaccines, so we don't have to just shoot everybody? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah,
1: I'll just, I'm thinking now of, uh, every time when you say shoot somebody, I just think of Family Guy.
0: What, the breakfast machine? Yeah. <laughs>
1: it doesn't make breakfast at all, it just shoots you. And, uh, but, yeah, now this character, very clearly, I saw Trump. Oh. Yeah, it just, in my opinion, he's just, yeah, he's decisive, but it's like, he wants warplanes, but it seems like he wants the planes more, you know, more and more, but he wants more of the power, and it's like, okay, he's...
0: Whenever there's limitations are brought up, technological limitations, he ends up saying ending with, I want those planes!
1: Yeah. Well, no, it can't be happened. I want it done. It's just, and um, it, it just reminded me a lot. I'm like, yeah, like, this is Donald Trump.
0: I, like, I feel like that it was I didn't, I didn't go there. I just kind of um, he just seemed like your usual blustery blowhard. Yeah. I, I I got my power and I want to keep it kind of. Yeah. Dumbass, yeah. Because so, later on he's boasting about, oh, we they don't print books anymore. Who cares? And yeah. I'm just saying Trump is a subtype of a archetypal character. Yeah,
1: I, I saw Donald Trump, man. That's, that's,
0: I was, yeah. I was just kind of trying to figure out what the little emblems on their flags and on their coats were. Yeah, because they they reminded me of like those British poppy things for veteran remembrances but i looked it up and i guess in england they're usually just like two petals the with the the big round center and the emblems were like a circle with like four petals on top with the big dark center so i guess i was wrong maybe Mm. but that was interesting because later on when they win a battle against the people in the hills the people in the hills have an upside down american flag and then one of the every town guys replaces it with their uh stylized flower flag right uh, when they go to get the oil and coal pits but um i forgot i i skipped over a short segment that i found extremely confusing okay that's the one where okay um We find out John is flying one of those airplanes and it looks like he's, he's following somebody else in an airplane. And I couldn't, I kept thinking, was that supposed to be Harding? But that can't be because Harding can comes back later. Um, But I, I kept hearing gunshot sounds, but it's not like there were any muzzle flash kind of effects to make it completely inarguably obvious that shooting's going on
1: Yeah, it just
0: seems like he's following a random guy in an airplane probably shooting at him because sounds but then that guy grabs his shoulder like a bullet must have gone through him and he crashes the airplane in a field and what I want to know is why did John land after him and is like here take this gas mask I'm like, is this?
1: I'm um, yeah. I mean, it, it did really confuse me, and I just, I just attributed it to any to any war story of fighters that they like. There's the the episode of MASH where uh, one of the fighter pilots believed he was Jesus Christ reincarnated. Uh. And, um, and, you know, it's just a, uh, the Sydney Freeman had, uh, um, had this, that people, you know, they shoot down and all of a sudden realism comes to mind.
0: It just gets, con- <sighs> got confusing because, uh, having a savior complex, that never, um, uh, yeah. was not a, a character trait that was ever established. Right. Um. And so that's why I wondered, was this friendly fire? Because when it's black and white and, you know, I just I kind of had trouble telling who was who until sometimes until we uh, glanced over or until we watched it mostly again. Right. So that was. um... Oh, and then there's so I guess he's trying to put a gas mask give the enemy soldier whoever it was a gas mask. And then and he has one for himself, but then this little girl runs over with no explanation or no words. Um and then the dying the enemy downed enemy guy is just like, give it to her and he's going on and on about how he dropped the gas or invented the gas or made the I don't know. So they're still using like uh World War One gas technology, I guess. But, I thought there was like an agreement not to do that after World War one
1: yes, but it's a different world, you know and in our world, yes, you're absolutely right, but it also World War two was just as deadly. You're talking about the mustard and nerve gas yeah yeah that that was agreed upon by um that really was that was established with the League of Nations. Mm. that okay you're not going to be able to do that and then that was uh that was solid that wasn't really solidified until late 40s oh in reality it's like the 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 world powers in world war ii agreed like yeah that was really fucked up we're not going to use that mustard gas look at it now then again you know there are people who still use it today mm you know, who, um, I mean, yeah.
0: If you're gonna be the bad guy and start yeah. a fucking war, why would you follow the rules?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Unless you thought you would get punished, but you would have to lose to get punished, right? Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then why start it off? But, um, yeah, that was. I thought it maybe it was Harding because Harding, before he grew his facial hair, he kind of had a really generic look. Yeah. Especially in black and white, so I thought, was this friendly fire? But I guess not, because as w- one last mercy, would um, when John is walking away with the girl, having given the, the mask at mm-hmm. the sold injured guy's behest, um, and he was all like, "This is funny. I'm, I I might have killed her family with all this gas, and now I'm I'm being gassed. I should breathe in some of it. Yeah. I." I I gave enough to everybody else, and, um, oh, right, uh, John tosses him a gun, and, um, obviously so he could kill himself, and when the airplane takes off, we do hear a gun go off. But the sound effect was so disappointing.
1: The gun went off?
0: Yeah, didn't it?
1: Oh, yeah, wow. There was,
0: like, a bang, but it wasn't as loud as a gun usually is on in a movie.
1: Yeah. Unless I'm
0: insane and it's like a taking off kind of muffler or whatever a plane would have, but yeah, I think we didn't see him. We just heard that gunshot, so I assumed he'd shot himself as well, yeah, you know, so he wouldn't have to suffer through the gas. Well,
1: oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew about that, but that, that I really, uh oh, all right. Well.
0: So then that's why I was thinking, wait, that. Yeah. Once I figured out Harding is comes back in 1970 then that then that kind of blows that out of the water unless he shot something else and survived. I don't know, man.
1: Yeah. Uh, Thing is Squid Games. Oh. <laughs> I
0: guess I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not I won't spoil. is um, it.
0: But but anyways, now we're back in um let around apparently in nine oh we do see harding in about 1966 or 67 because some guy uh comes to is that the guy who's the mechanic in in 1970 yeah oh okay because he's like it oh my sister has it um and uh, i guess it just it makes you sweaty and restless and Stare at nothing and you just wander off, I guess, like a zombie.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is sort of interesting when it starts getting further and further into the future Mm. of whose kids are, you know, who the kids are at that point. As I thought, this woman who shot, I thought was the uh, um, um, Cobble's wife. Oh. I thought that was her, so it's like, okay, you're like, what life are we leading? Because it seemed to be similar, and um, then this movie had extremely low budget.
0: It did, cause yeah. it looked pretty good.
1: Oh, it, it's absolutely gorgeous, and I mean, this is, this movie itself set uh, set precedents for movies from then on, you know, because it won. It won awards for set design uh. in the UK because it, it it's very believable.
0: Yeah, like yeah,
1: it's amazing. They've done amazingly well.
0: Yeah, it was pretty impressive. Yeah. Um. Uh. Oh. The, the, sometimes there were details that I was wondering if they were intentional or if it's just me reading into things. But, mm-hmm. um. See all the people in this post-apocalyptic uh every town um obviously their clothes are shit
1: yeah um
0: so you got like i think the guy who becomes the chief uh also known as the boss later yeah i think he's wearing a jacket with this with no sleeves and then i um harding since there's no scrubs around he just has like this white bed sheet um as if he cut a hole for his head and just draped it over himself and tied the middle with a belt. And that kind of I feel like the future clothes in the um in the third segment kind of they had a similar thing going. Right. Except not like shitty ragged bed sheets. So I wonder if it, it was intentional.
1: Um possibly. I mean I I think so. Yeah. I, I think so. I mean it's the the progression where you have the leadership, you know, like who who is a leader. I think, you know, we we see this over time that, you know, who like in the US, who becomes president? Mm. And, you know, who becomes president, it's almost always the exact same type of people. You know, and, you know, in very, in varying degrees, it's almost the same type of person. You know, it's where you see, like, you know, besides Trump, the Latin, you know, the living presidents are all like good friends. Oh. You know, or like, and, um, so there was some little girl who did a report. I, I it's on the internet. I want to find this again that they found, uh, every president is related. Hmm. Like, every president is a distant cousin of the other. Oh. like uh george George Bush and Barack Obama are seventeenth cousins,
0: maybe they're all lizard people or
1: something. And it just it, it, that's actually <laughs> what it led to um was the lizard people conspiracy theory but um <laughs> it's, you know it but it just who becomes leaders are the um are not, are, uh, you know, or it's a similar, not to say they're, like, they all have the same attitudes and they're all shitty people, but it's all, like, the same type of personality. Hmm. And I think this, you see, like, with a stylish design, like, you have the Kaval, who becomes leader later on, and it's like, you see, it, descendant. yeah, you, yeah, right, but you still see, similarities in, in that. And I'm like, hmm, like, yeah, I like it, it, when we watch this again, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Mm. Yeah. Um,
0: I thought the chief was a, was, he was entertaining.
1: Yeah. He was one I of did, those yeah.
0: entertaining, blustery, b- blowhards, um, who yeah. only got, who got into power prop- with a whole might makes right kind of attitude. And, um, I like how he's, uh, you His outfit is kind of like a military uniform with a big, giant, furry, shaggy pimp vest thing. And and his hat is a decorated um, old helmet.
1: Yeah, it's. This was very much like a Julius Caesar type. Oh, like, you know.
0: In the bedroom, when he's wearing the white, giant white robes with the belt around it, it looks like some kind of religious thing, almost
1: yeah I mean it's like okay, he's supreme law and order, and you know he's the and I'd still say like this is this is Donald Trump in my mind, I'm like, okay, he's still like he's running with an ego and he did some things, and these people aren't progressing forward, I mean they're still just basically surviving true, you know, and they're you know but they you know you have everybody who does these things and you know, you, you have... Um,
0: the town is less desolate, though. Yeah. It, but it, it has a distinct medieval kind of flair to it.
1: Yeah, like a medieval kind of flintstone.
0: Oh, because there was, yeah, yeah, there was this one yeah. shot where there was like a circular concrete opening thing and some, I don't know, holes or something. It just made me th- suddenly think flintstones because they had those yeah. round holes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, where you see this, it's just like, okay, they're just kind of dealing with it, and they're maintaining, they're, they're maintaining their life, and you know, okay, everybody's kind of dealing with it, and you have blacksmiths, and people making oh, the food, cobbler. and the cobbler, and you know, you have Sanderson's, but you know, Sanderson's department store. The sign and,
0: is just kind of on the ground. Yeah. They live in ruins.
1: Yeah, it's just not really, it's not really there, but it's just, you have all these artisans, that are just, and they're just surviving. And I mean, I really love that uh, you know, when you have the guy with, uh, that the
0: horse drawn car.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like, Oh, and you think, Oh, well, I'm not one of your petrol hoarders, but you know, we used to drive a hundred miles, a whole hundred miles in three hours. We thought like, nothing of it. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. He's just, right. I like how they frame that. Cause you didn't see the horse at first. You just yeah. saw he's sitting in a car and he's talking to, um, what was the, Richard was Richard the name of the mechanic. Yeah, Richard and his wife Mary. Um, they are talking to the guy about the cars and shit. And um, yeah, that's how we get learn that there's a gas shortage.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, as in petrol, because they do
0: talk about gas, but when they say gas, they mean like uh chemical weapons.
1: Right. I mean, you'd expect that, and they're kind of dealing with the fallout of the uh, of the gas wars,
0: gas wars. Yeah. Oh, the, the, uh, uh, chemical weapons. Yeah,
1: they, they're dealing with the fallout of that, which I could see is what led them to live underground eventually.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah, you got like animals running in the streets, and uh, yeah. you got people with those shitty haircuts. You'd expect it, like them to be extras, and like. Monty Python. um, Yeah. What was the one with the bring out your dad?
1: Oh, Life of Brian.
0: No, no. That's a later time period. Oh, Oh, um, Holy Grail?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. But, except Mary has inexplicably great styled hair. (laughs) Why? Who the fuck knows? And makeup. Okay. Uh,
1: Um Right. So... uh...
0: The chief, Basically, the chief really, really wants this mechanic to mm. fix all these old airplanes he has. But yeah. the problem is they're decrepit. And, of course, the chief is like, well, take the parts from other ones and recycle them to yeah. fix the new ones. But that doesn't solve the problem that nobody has gasoline. Um, and Mary mentions she thought she heard an airplane. But uh, Richard is... Doesn't think it, man will ever fly again. Um, just does not seem possible. But um, Mary said she heard something. And then suddenly, here comes a weird futuristic airplane thing that still happens to have a propeller. <laughs> um, and it lands. And here's John. He's old now. But he's uh, got this black uniform and black curia. Curious? You know, like the the armor thing yeah. i don't know and <laughs> and oh my god it, it is why why is why is the cockpit attached to his armor
1: um
0: it's like this hilarious giant helmet thing like the bigger than a, a one of those water cooler
1: right that bottle it just looked like that was um I remember seeing a play as a kid, and it was um it was uh like they had different things in science at the at the fall of public library for kids and they had this um you know it was uh know, damn but it was a uh, one of the people in costume was you know on the thumb and i I remember this Guy coming out with like a paper mache thumb, and it was just, <laughs> and you know, now looking back, you know, it didn't really quite look like a thumb, if you know what I mean. But oh. it just he's walking out, and it's like thumbs is where you say hello to somebody, you give me, you give the me, you know, the thumbs up, you give me up, and.
0: Oh my! God. And it was
1: just looking at. It, I'm like, okay, like there's the giant thumb again, <laughs> you know, or just it very much like, um, you know, like a uh, uh, Buzz Lightyear type, too.
0: Oh god!
1: Yeah, <laughs> like it was Buzz Lightyear of 1930.
0: Oh my god!
1: Uh, but this is the other one. Cobble really was very much like a Bernie Sanders type. Huh? You know, it
0: was, oh, I didn't get that at all. Yeah, I. I other than you know, kind of old
1: older, white hair, yeah, I mean, the features-wise, but, I mean, he wanted everybody to come together to progress and move forward.
0: Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but, I'm
1: like, this is Bernie.
0: Um, but I feel like there was, it was, I don't know. Um, I think it was, I feel like my reading of it might have been colored by, I w- was looking at reviews because I wanted to see There's a lot of versions of this on Prime, and I wanted to find out which had the best resolution, but instead all I could find were, like, comments, and there was, like, mostly good reviews, but there was this one one one-star where the person was raving about how it was uh, communist propaganda.
1: Right.
0: shit. um, Probably because, well, um, John Cabal, uh, he's, well, the chief... Um, sends this guard who says, "Oh, you're under arrest," and then he he acts like he's not. He's just I don't remember what he says, but he has swagger. But also the chief has swagger, but in different ways. You know, the chief's more hot, runs hot, and John runs more cold. But they both have a sort of I own the place kind of swagger to them. Yeah. Um, but. A- Apparently, oh, before he goes to see the chief, all the townspeople are gathering around to see who the mystery man is. And he asks if anyone's heard of Passworthy. Nobody has. But he asks if they've known of Harding, and yeah, Harding's the doctor. Um, He he shows up again later. Um, Basically, he goes to see the chief, and... um, he says something about how all like leftover scientists and engineers made their own society called Wings Over the World. And he also refers to it as World Communications. And I guess it's like an organization, but not exactly a country, but kind of. But I think, but he, he mentions. Um, you
1: don't find it funny that Wings Over the World can also say wow? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man.
0: That's why I blurted out Workout World.
1: Yeah. Now I was thinking World of Warcraft.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But um
1: <laughs>
0: the chief keeps going on and on about war because um the chief is you know, all about he represents your small thinking, old timey, I want power, uh, war, 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 yeah, progress stagnated kind of um, old way of doing shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and John is basically, uh, he, he says he wants to initiate trade or something like that, but I guess the country, um, if you call every town like a country, um, wouldn't get to exist. So I guess they're eliminating all countries. And I guess that sounds sort of good, but also kind of ominous if yeah. everybody's forced to, um, conform under this one world order thing. That sounds kind of sinister.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, um, I remember in a psychology class in high school, and we also carried it on in college a little bit, like we did a, like, how could you truthfully be 100% free, or how could you, how could you have total world peace and what you would need as a world federation? Mm. And, you know, then we started talking a lot about Star Trek. Uh.
0: <laughs> and then comes the pandemic, and we all find out that um, unity is completely impossible.
1: Yeah. At times, yeah.
0: At most, you would have at least two, if not many more factions, because nobody has a homogenous opinion about anything.
1: Right. No, it's impossible. Uh, That's that's impossible, yeah.
0: So that's kind of where, I don't know, the movie seems a bit too optimistic sometimes with this whole, oh yeah, so scientists and shit, they somehow made their One World Order thing work. Yeah, right. That's not realistic at all. Um but um, yeah, the chief just wants um he just wants gas and aircraft so he can, you know, win wars like against the people in the hills and um uh John is like, yeah, we don't help with war fuck that. And right. the chief's all like, well, you don't seem to realize you're under arrest, and puts him in some weird dungeon. And, um... Uh...
1: Well... Well, yeah, I mean, you know, then he puts them into the into the dungeon and shit, and, um, you know, he's... The, there is an interesting thing where people kind of visit him. Oh,
0: the, the yeah. chief's wife, I, I didn't... Did she have a name? I don't know hmm. what her name was.
1: Nipple necklace.
0: I just kept thinking, Frida Kahlo without a mo- without a unibrow.
1: Yeah, separated Kahlo. <laughs> um, uh,
0: she had cool costumes too. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I wondered if the first cos- necklace. <laughs> I wondered if the first costume was made out of old coins or something, like with the necklace and the earrings. Or if it was just coincidental circles of metal,
1: it might have been. Uh, the, the coincidentally though, it's really it's really funny to say that because I think I say nipple necklace, but it did kind of look like flying saucers. Oh uh, yeah. So
0: <laughs> but um, uh, she's been trying to wrangle the chief. Um, she doesn't think he's uh you know, he's going too far, I guess, and. Uh, she ends up talking to John in the dungeon room and she expresses a, a personal conflict about how she kind of has everything that, the, that every town has to offer, but there's still something missing in her life. So there's, there just seems to be a theme of dissatisfaction running through it. Like, it's human nature to never be completely satisfied. You always want more. And I don't know, uh, like it can be good or bad, depending. Cause one could say that in, in the end, the movie seems to want to put a good spin on dissatisfaction as like a quest to find out everything there is and make progress and make things better and better. But one could say that the warlords of this period are also Insatiable and restless. And even the wandering sickness kind of touches on the idea of restlessness and never, you know, resting. Yeah. Lack of satisfaction. So,
1: and constant defense, too.
0: Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Your mileage may vary with that. Probably. But yeah, she's read all about, you know, places like the Mediterranean stuff, and she wants to see all that. Even though her husband is, as he expresses, um, at a fancy medieval kind of dinner um, that uh, people might complain about lack of books. We can't print books anymore. Who cares? What have what books ever done? That kind of thing. and Or people might say, oh, we can't travel anymore. But hey, why not be content? I don't remember what he said, but exactly... But basically the sentiment of people should be satisfied with what they have.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't know. It's a fine line between when that's a good thing and when that's a bad thing.
1: It's uh,
0: a... So, even though John's their prisoner, he's not too worried because he's uh, basically, like, all my friends know where I am and... If I don't come back, they're going to come and, you know, well, they could see for themselves they're advanced technologically. And that is ends up what happens basically. Well, I think they get a message somehow to them because there's a whole uh, scene where um, the mechanic Richard ends up making some kind of deal with the chief that. Saying that the only person who can help get these planes off the ground is the pilot guy, you know? Yeah, uh, the guy John. who
1: actually like. You know, and this is where like you and I were talking about it, like, you know, how old are these people?
0: Yeah, yeah. You know,
1: where it's like, okay, now it's nineteen seventy, and over time there has been this um, sort. Of, you know, I don't know whether there was like a democratic form of government or something, but. You know, it's this one true leader who is the boss of everybody in the semi-primitive society. And then you have, um, you know, where do you have it's They like, you go, know, like, how do they know if planes don't exist? You know, how old are they? Because the war has been going on since 36. So it's a 34-year-old war. Mm. But And, that's- know, and that's in- that includes the warfare and the giant sickness, too.
0: And that's what the they look like yeah. they wouldn't be much older than mid thirties, yeah, yeah the, the chief and richard,
1: yeah, and um in a shape of things to come, like one of the things that's taken out of this movie quite a bit is um h g. wells um stance on organized religion hmm. and you know how. I, you know, personally, something I totally agree with, Then you know, he basically has my thought that if, you know, you have your religion, fine, but don't push your religion on me, mm. you know, type scenario, and...
0: Religion doesn't really come up in this. I, I just right. wonder if it was alluded to with some of the costume choices. I think so. Because, especially yeah. in the 2036 segment, yeah. um, yeah. What was that guy? Theo, something long and Greek sounding.
1: Yeah, it, uh, I'll get it. It was, yeah. But- I,
0: I wonder what the hell. His name must have been like the name of something relevant. And Theo means God. And mm. he was, his outfit kind of reminded me of, like mm-hmm. ancient Greeks, ancient Romans, like a toga yeah. kind of thing. And also, like, you might see nitty, P- i Midi- oh, not MIDI, Renaissance yeah. paintings of Jesus kind yeah, of it's thing.
1: Theotokopolis. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I wonder if that was the name of somebody or something.
1: Um, not really sure.
0: Cause he's yeah. like in opposition to progress, but that's the third segment. Yeah. Um, in the second segment, uh, there's this whole, somehow the the wings over the world get word uh, that they need to go help their guy out, mm. and they're going to use something they never tested before, apparently, called the gas of peace.
1: Right. Like, that
0: doesn't sound ominous as shit.
1: Yeah, the gas of peace. It's just like, it's one of those weird-ass oxymorons. You know, like, you know, it's like, okay, no, we er, um, you know, it's like, to me, it's like the excuse hunters use.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Like, no, 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 we're hunting, we're hunting for sport, but in reality, we're just thinning out the herds so they don't overpopulate.
0: I thought people like that usually, um, ended up eating what they shoot.
1: Yeah, but it's not necessarily just for that, it's for thinning out the herd, because if they overpopulate, then they could hurt us.
0: You mean they could starve to death and hurt themselves?
1: Right, but no, no, they could hurt us.
0: Well, yeah, Yeah. depending on if it's a pest species or something. they can
1: do that, so we must hunt them and eat them before they get too much.
0: I don't know. I've never had a garden, so I don't know how bad, like, rabbits and deer are. Not really. Um, Mm. Didn't Australia get overrun by rabbits?
1: Uh, Possibly. Or something?
0: Also, toads?
1: That's from my grandparents. I mean, they lived in a very wooded area, and she, I think my grandma just planted flowers around the garden, but the rabbits just stayed out. Hmm. It was well, enough yeah, to, I mean, yeah, it was enough to repel them.
0: If she planted vegetables, it could have been a different story, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah. She planted a vegetable garden, but she just planted certain uh, certain flowers around her garden, mm. and the the rabbits just went ah, stay away. And that was there was nothing wrong with it.
0: Yeah. I did forget to mention that I think. During the, during the chat with um, the chief's wife in the dungeon, we get John's perspective that I guess he's not, he's not afraid of getting killed because it's like he thinks science and the government are mm. good and are basically kind of give you a person a form of immortality because they contribute to humanity as a whole. Right. So even if he as an individual gets killed or something, whatever he contributed, I guess, will live on.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So that's kind of echoed at the end, too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the apparently the gas of peace is contained in these big, giant white balls <laughs> that <laughs> reminded me of goddamn paintball pellets, except they're dropped <laughs> out of these giant fucking airplane things that I'm wondering if they're, like, the size of... Well, I, w- I don't think they'd be aircraft carrier size, but they were huge, man. Um, and then paratroopers uh, descend, and they all wear the same like black uniforms, and apparently it's just sleeping gas, except it kills the chief, and but nobody else. So that's kind of messed up because you know they get um. John out of the dungeon thing, and he's actually happy the chief's dead because it symbolizes how, you know, rulers like him will be no more, that kind of thing. But in reality, he should have been kind of freaked out that the gas didn't work as it was supposed to.
1: Right, well, because it killed the big leader.
0: And if it killed him, I think it would have killed pretty much everybody smaller than him, unless he had some kind of weird medical condition no one knew about
1: yeah I don't think there were there was medicine mm. in, in well, this area th- remember this dr area.
0: Harding was a doctor I yeah guess.
1: but I mean
0: he's seeing a patient even though the chief was like oh yeah you you work with the mechanics so you can figure out fuel and um, uh, gas so we can gas our enemies yeah. which upset the crap out of Harding which is another reason why I thought maybe he was that Soldier from with the gun shot down from the sky. That's because that guy was raving about making gas, too. Right. And Harding, I thought, I'm not entirely sure. I thought maybe Harding helped develop the gas.
1: Possibly.
0: So that was kind of confusing. But, yeah, uh, the, the chief, he died for reasons. Yeah.
1: He died.
0: And that should have um, been more disturbing, just because that means your gas isn't so peaceful if it killed somebody for some reason. Yeah. And I'm only thinking about this, because, you know, all the talk about lethal weapons and guns and shit, I kept wondering, why isn't somebody invented something, like tasers or whatever, but apparently... There's so much variation in, like, human body size and stuff that it would be impossible to make a foolproof method of um, non-lethal subduing.
1: Yeah, for tasers especially, yeah.
0: Yeah, because something that would... might not kill... Somebody you know, 200 pounds might kill somebody who's, like, 100 pounds, you know? Well,
1: also varying levels, too. You know, varying things like body fat also comes yeah. to mind. Um, Like, and also bits, uh, different stuff. Like, somebody with my conditions, if I got hit by a taser, I probably would be dead. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course, if the CP was on the other side, I probably would be dead, too.
0: Let's just clarify cerebral palsy, because this is the internet, and that can mean something else. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, 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 sure, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah,
0: but, um, let's just, um, suspend disbelief and pretend that the gas of peace works perfectly every yeah. time except for the fucking chief for some reason, yeah. because, convenience. Well, that's,
1: that's, also, like, a thing with the society thing, if you, like, what I just thought about is, um, in order to have a society that's, like, truly peaceful, you have to have, like, a world order. Mm. Which means anything that deviates from that has to be killed off anyway.
0: So then it turns into yeah. a dystopian nightmare.
1: Yeah, so it's like the gas of peace really is just keeping everything level. So you keep progressing forward.
0: It's just one of those things that sounds like it could be an ominous euphemism.
1: Yeah. That's, but apparently that's what I'm getting at, yeah. it wasn't.
0: Okay, yeah. that's a bit optimistic. Yeah. Um. So now we get... You know, we're in between time periods. There's montages, explanations of some kind of... Um, John is giving some kind of speech about how they're going to take over the world. But, you know, they're the good guys, so I yeah. guess it's okay. And, um, you know, make a brand new uh, world. A new
1: society that helps everybody move forward.
0: But... At the same time, his language is kind of weird and old-fashioned old, old fashioned in a way because he's going on about how they will exploit resources and, um, and mining and basically uh, – I can't remember the exact words, but basically the whole kind of idea of conquering nature and using it for us kind of shit that don't play well now. Right. And accompanied by all this footage of, like, mining and drilling and machines and shit. Okay, they were obviously miniatures, so that was not the best of their effects. But they still had pretty good effects in this movie. Um, and then there's, like, overly long montage footage of shit being built. Like, uh... Shiny panels? And stuff? Um... So... I've... I i do not know, I just... From a modern perspective it seems like an oversight that there's absolutely nobody mentions any concern for the environment whatsoever cuz basically that's kind of the big fat glaring problem we're having right now with progress.
1: Yeah, but also it's just the sign of the times.
0: Probably. As well,
1: you know, like nobody was thinking about any of that.
0: But then didn't like Roosevelt Teddy Roosevelt, you know, designate national parks and shit to protect them from
1: to protect, development to protect it and saying no this really shouldn't be and you know he also because he liked a lot of those areas too
0: well true but, but, you
1: know it's like no well it's like has anybody done this no i declare it like well, let's just do let's just keep all this
0: just seems like at least some seeds of conservation being in somebody's mind oh yeah
1: oh yeah yeah. no absolutely he you know without him we wouldn't have had what we had because he was the very you know but it was also a very different time
0: yeah
1: yeah his motivations were different than what they would be now
0: yeah it's just an observation i thought of yeah i i just like to think about what they got right what they got wrong
1: oh yeah yeah. it's just interesting
0: um and so then we have, like, this grand orchestral music and we zoom out of, like, this opening in a grassy hill. And you can see there's, like, this – there's, like, a city inside. So basically they built all their cities underground. Right. And I kind of – the first time I watched the movie, I wanted to know more about the effects this shit had on, like, the generations.
1: Yeah. Um yeah and what's you know what's the lifespan of these generations too?
0: Well, I don't know about that um disease-ridden warlord period uh yeah. but by the time we get to uh the 2036 in the underground city we have uh the little girl talking to great grandpa and um he said he met um John Cabal, yeah, whatever uh, John when he was a kid, so... Um,
1: but John was the guy who landed in the window, yes. you know, so... He's
0: famous now because yeah. he brought the airmen to yeah. clean up every place. They kept using cleaning up the place as a euphemism, which doesn't sound very savory.
1: <laughs> no, no, but I mean, you know, so the great-grandpa is probably anywhere between 70 and 80 years old.
0: Oh, I was thinking... Yeah. For some reason...
1: Because if Kabul, I'm I'm sorry.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. I, for some reason, I thought maybe he was over a hundred or something, but yeah. Maybe I'm just thinking of the whole future people yeah. live longer trope.
1: Yeah, but if Kabul, if Kabul landed in the late 60s, 70, yes, right around there, 70. and he would have been a kid. So you theoretically, he's would have maybe a conscious kid would remember certain things, like maybe. Eight, nine, ten years old, so he'd be maybe seventy-six.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, Wait, we could probably do the math from our own ages.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I don't want to do that. I'd rather not old math myself. No.
0: Yeah. No, thank like, you. you know. <laughs> but I wondered if. Do you think he was? Was he the same guy as the grandpa from the the first segment at Christmas? No, oh. no, he wasn't. That would have no. been a nice uh, bookend.
1: Yeah, because that that was something I tried to. Um, look at myself and i'm like oh who was this because i'm like oh that must have been that old man but this was uh the great grandfather of 2036 was a guy named charles carson um mm. uh, who basically was the actor himself was a fairly well known in london england but he just that wasn't really known around here too much in the u.s no he was or north uh, america yeah he was um you know the running joke that um, you know the that uh, British uh, British entertainment only has like ten actors and five sets.
0: Um, I don't... you know
1: because BBC programming they kind of retool sets a lot because it's oh. taxpayer funded, and then you see like everybody in Doctor Who has been on everything else. Oh, you know, so it's like the joke is there's only twelve actors and five sets. Okay, in general, this was a guy who like he was like a hey, it's that guy. Hmm. for like 40 years shit so like he had a really really good career. we don't know really <clears> anything <throat> about him but he played bit parts everywhere
0: so i think the technical term for hey it's that guy is character actor
1: yeah well yeah i mean it's hey it's that guy's it more fun but it was very much like um you know we interviewed uh months ago i interviewed um mark christopher lawrence Mm-hmm. And you know nobody knows who he is if I say that, but if I showed you a picture of him, it's like, oh yeah, I know exactly who he is. Yeah, because he takes everything, like you know. And uh, this guy took everything, like he's like no matter how big, how small, he just took it.
0: Hmm. Yeah. But I I kind of wondered if the fear of gas is something that drove them underground, and um, because great grandpa says the age of windows lasted four hundred years, right. Um so I thought it was a, kind of a, a a pleasant way to get a little not quite exposition but some mm-hmm. world, world building. Yeah. Um you know he's just talking to his kid and um they right. they have a TV.
1: Yeah, very Shirley Temple looking type.
0: But with yeah. the shoulder pads. My god, this <laughs> the fucking shoulder pads. Again, it was kind of like the whole Bed sheet with the hole cut in it, draped over the front to the back, cinched in the middle, except with way more starch and, um, like, giant fucking shogun shoulders. Yeah. (laughs) Especially when we get to, um, John's descendant, Oswald, who wears a fucking cape on it. So, wasn't there, like, that movie, um, with the Demolition Man? Didn't the... Um, corporate guy have, like, a shogun sort of suit, kind of like that?
1: Kind of, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what it made me think of. Um, goddamn, they must have gone through so much starch. Yeah. Uh I mean, it's creative, but it is a little silly looking.
1: I agree with you.
0: <laughs> Great-grandpa, he yeah. he had, uh, he had yeah. better taste. Yeah. In his outfit with the fur the yeah. furish looking outline, um... Yeah, but uh, he's explaining stuff to his uh, granddaughter, great-granddaughter. They have like a TV, but the TVs in this future are kind of like flat and clear, like a pane. So that's kind of neat. And they're looking at old footage of New York City, and she's all like, why Why were the buildings in the sky? And he was talking about how they would build up because they didn't know how to light inside. What? Did you skip over electricity?
1: Right. How do you
0: guys light your place? But... Does he think living outside is for savages?
1: I'm just thinking of, you know, because of my own medical issues, like, what's the vitamin D situation?
0: Well, it's probably whatever light they developed probably has UV it shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, but what is this, though? How do you do that? If you live underground, like, you know, generation after generation have bone disorders? Or D, because the vitamin D is a calcium-absorbate vitamin that helps your bones stay intact.
0: Oh, you know, I don't so, know. Like,
1: you know. Do you lose that over time, or like what What happens?
0: Oh, my God. They would probably be even better at space travel yeah. or space colonies if they've managed to solve you know what, that. That's a
1: really good point. Huh. Yeah. Cuz
0: I I remember reading some kind of thread on Reddit about the mo- one of the most depressed ci- or depressing cities on earth was something someplace in Russia or where people are it, there was like a lot of night and yeah. stuff and then somebody mentioned about a science fiction book using uh Russians as uh ideal colonists in space cuz I don't know in a lot of indoors yeah. cuz the weather
1: Isn't it that it's like so far up and it's there's a period of time where there's no light at all?
0: Oh, yeah, one yeah. of those places yeah. near the arctic, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I thought that was kind of interesting. Like if you can do if you can do decently at a weird arctic place where it's yeah. dark a lot, then I guess you could be good at space travel maybe. Guess so. Huh. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I thought the inside was, um, uh, pretty kind of impressive. Not, uh, exactly unique because I think we've all seen the trope of the sterile, shiny white future, kind of. Right. Um, but I still feel like the sets, even to us in present day, I looked at it, and I would say it's futuristic rather than, like, retro-future-dated, you know?
1: Right. I agree. Yeah. I guess... Yeah.
0: Maybe, do people still associate kind of, like, art deco shape stuff with the future still?
1: I don't know.
0: I okay, don't know, the statues although, were a little... Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. 30s-ish, but... Although, that there is, there is a funny thing, because I was reading on the internet, is that... Um, the character of George Judson was born, and it's kind of interesting you say this it was born oh, on, on january two thousand twenty two
0: I thought that took place in yeah twenty twenty something
1: no, it was far it was further out, but
0: two thousand two hundred whatever,
1: yeah, yeah, but it was the uh but he was born in this uh, this month too, so it's funny when you say that How you,
0: is how was he two hundred years old then no. I don't yeah, know, I had to look that shit up,
1: yeah, but then again, internet, so I could be wrong, but it's just funny with that meme floating around
0: oh and this yeah. kid, um she was concerned yeah. about whether things could um regress um but i I don't know if Grandpa was reassuring her, uh, but she kept thinking that um progress makes things lovelier and love- life lovelier and lovelier and lovelier and, lovelier and, lovelier and, lovelier and she was asked if things could ever go backwards i guess and um uh i don't th- think grandpa thought they would but oh he also she doesn't know what a sneeze is because they cured the common cold
1: In the world <laughs> living with that
0: that was kind of adorable yeah and cuz he started really? she wants to know what it sounds like and he's like like a choo and she's like people went around saying choo <laughs>
1: Yeah, a tissue.
0: A tissue, that's it. A
1: tissue. That that was
0: just a cute little, you know, world-building slice of life kind of thing.
1: Yeah, 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 Um, yeah. But
0: it does kind of look like they live in, like, a futuristic, sterile white mall, though. Yeah, they do. Occasional plant statue. Oh, yeah, yeah. People milling. Yeah. But I thought it was a decent thing that still kind of jives with our perception of what the Something that would we consider futuristic, right? Yeah, yeah. um So the thing with this is, there's this dude in this in this dark robe. I think he looks kind of like Eric Idle. Was it? Yeah. That the Python. I thought he looked like.
1: Yeah, he right. Yeah. Was yeah. that the
0: same actor who played the the chief in the previous segment?
1: Um, let's see.
0: Because the Theo no. something guy.
1: No. Oh, okay. Um, Theo, I don't have, um, Theo was played by a guy, Cedric Hardwick. Um, uh, the boss was played by a guy named Ralph Richardson.
0: Okay. I, for some reason, sometimes black and white yeah. makes it kind of harder to tell people apart sometimes. Sure. If they don't have any particular distinguishing features or remind me of a mashup of other celebrities. Um, uh, but uh, sometimes the the writing is a bit—I don't want to say preachy, but like a, somebody giving a speech, like over dramatic propaganda style. Not yeah. screaming Hitler. I don't mean that, but just um, not as concerned with showing and not telling. Let's just put it that way.
1: Well, I mean, there were dramatic speeches. I think I think the British uh, the British. um, Public was very used to that, you know. At this time, you had Churchill coming to power, right about you know round about this time. Um, I don't know; I could be a year or two off, but you had the Queen also giving a lot of a uh, giving a lot of speeches as well.
0: But these these characters do yeah. straight up expound their oh yeah. Of view.
1: I, I think it's no just, subtlety. I think people are just used to that.
0: I I feel like. That makes sense, especially because it just reminds me of a quality that uh, when you know you're watching a play or something like that, there's like a different quality (laughs) about people's delivery, I guess.
1: That is true. You're right. You're right. Uh, But
0: I feel like I don't entirely mind it. it. It's my sense of disbelief is like, okay, it's not the most natural, but I'll give it a pass.
1: Well, I'm looking at a lot of these um a lot of these actors here who were um um the, the exception of Raymond Massey, I mean, a lot of these people were from the stage. Mm. So and you know, you think about it where it's nineteen thirties is right around when the talkies started coming about. So I mean late twenties. Yeah. Well, it really started to become you know, what definitely was the, ma- the, the major, um, uh, the, ma- um, words are hard. Definitely was the, the, you know, over overtook the silent film mm-hmm. at this point. So, I mean, where you had silent film actors who were really struggling for the most part to get into this and change. I mean, these people were used to being very dramatic. You kind of wonder if that respect for, for what you said, um, kind of wonder if, um, if that's just related really the direction they were always used to.
0: I imagine yeah,
1: big speeches, big stuff like that, yeah.
0: I imagine that I'm not sh- I imagine that play actors didn't really have any they had to project, you know, without microphones. Yeah. So I wonder if being overly kind of overly dramatic probably helped with um, projecting to a a live audience and also exaggerated gestures and stuff i imagine that would help people in the back seats see.
1: i i think so
0: i'm just you know yeah. spitballing here yeah. this theo guy uh, right off the bat he's complaining about progress and i mean sometimes he makes a point but he's he seems kind of written like a straw man mm. but he does have a point i just I would have taken that and done different things with it. Showing both sides, but then you got to show one side being stronger when you want to make an argument, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you can't have like a bunch of straw men or else it comes off like propaganda. You probably do get a sense of propaganda from this.
1: Yeah. I I think I think so. <laughs> I I especially where you know the ending where it's like do we stop the progression? Do we do this? Do we send people to space? What do we do? Let's stop this progression of sending or sending these kids to space in a fucking rocket launcher. <laughs> oh, let's call it what it is—the giant ass gun that's gonna shoot to shoot the kids around the moon.
0: Oh my god, that that was yeah. oh fuck. They call it the space gun. Yeah. Um, that's hilarious and I feel like somebody at some point should have made a meme involving that Theo guy screaming to the space gun yeah.
1: then again I don't know what situation
0: would call for the space- screaming space gun but fuck it it's just awesome um, so th- I feel like this Theo guy could have used some subtlety or something uh, he's complaining about progress he calls it progress, but I find that progress is a positive adjective, mm. so I feel like if he wasn't a straw man, he would describe it as a different, in a, with a negative adjective, like, um, I don't know, uh, madness, yeah. uh, unnatural something or other. He, I don't think he would have called it progress, though.
1: Well, I think you... I think you see this slightly now, like, you see this with politicians who will say something like, oh, well, no, this progress is way too much, we don't need to do this, unless it was something like, you know, like, for instance, like, the pro- the progression towards um, a lot of things that we want, and I don't want to get on my soapbox with this, but, like, you know, like, free health care well, no, 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 that's way too forward for society. We need to do these other things. Or, like, the progress would be, um, let's have universal health care, for example. And, you know, like, no, no, that's too much because taxes will go through the roof and we can't afford all this. You know, so I think it's just pump the brakes and find a better way to do it. Mm. Yeah.
0: Or maybe you should have called it, like, uh, wanton experimentation kind of Mm. stuff because – I don't know. I, I guess it is hard to describe advancement without a, using a word that has a positive connotation. Yeah. I guess it's just kind of ingrained that uh, technology good.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, we, we definitely, I think, you know, from our perspective, you know, where things have progress, like we live in a society now where, I mean, you know, medical places are, are, are stupid, but um, you know, yeah. where, you know, with the cost and insurance oh. and all this other stuff, but medical, medical foundations, but the, uh, the progress of medicine lately is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: yeah, but I see, I think that's where you're getting it from. Cause it's with us. It's, it's a different story.
0: I do remember reading about tropes at TV tropes and there used to be more of us. Science is evil kind of trope. So you have right. the evil mad scientist, but um mm-hmm. I guess that's more out of favor now, maybe.
1: Right. Well well, we have an e- <laughs> people say there's an evil scientist, you know. But you know some people think science is evil, but that's different.
0: Um Yeah, I just this this guy, I feel like he was um his deal was the characters keep talking about the idea of rest and satisfaction, so um he ends up getting on the getting this idea that he could rally the people to stop the space gun, which he um mentions as like a symbol of this madness he sees around him mm. um I guess that people are never satisfied, and all the Apparently, all these young people uh, signed up because they want to be the first in space or right. the first to orbit around the moon. Um, which is kind of hilarious, considering we actually landed there in the six in sixty nine. Right. <laughs> so, yay! Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and also, there's poop on the moon, but I think I talked about that. Yeah. In a previous podcast. Yeah,
1: but he. They do bring up Moon-poo. a really yeah, they do bring up a really noble point though, is that he wouldn't ask anyone else to do it, so he might as well send his own child,
0: Oswald. Yeah, o- Oswald um, yeah. Cabal.
1: Yeah, that he watched. It so was like, no, I'll send my son out to do it.
0: No, that or his
1: daughter, right? Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. Okay. The, he's like head of this space gun project. Yeah. And um, what was the guy's name? The boy's name. It was like 20 some, 2019, something like that.
1: Um, I kind of lost in my notes because I got lost to reading about something else. Crap. Um, um but I'll get oh, back to it. Oh,
0: somebody was named Morris Passworthy. I don't know if yeah. that was the son or the father.
1: Morris Passworthy was the, um, was the son. Okay. Because there was Pippa and Raymond Passworthy. It was played by Edward Chapman.
0: Uh, Pippo is from the 1940 right, segment, and yeah, yeah. um, the same actor comes to play back to play his descendant in right. um, uh, yeah. 2036. But his son is um, Morris Passworthy, and he comes to Oswald's. Uh, he wants a special favor. He wants uh, Oswald did mention that they've been having difficulty picking the right applicant for the. The job, they want two people to be in space, and I feel like they're implying nobody has been into space before, or nothing, like, they've never fired this gun before, or else why, I just, why would they, the Theo guy, be all mad about the, want people to fuck up with the gun if it had been, I don't know. I get the sense it has, this hasn't been done before, which is confusing because I would think they would have sent monkeys and dogs up into space, you know, just make sure the gun launches.
1: Right. But this is also <laughs> a analysis. It does bring up like a really interesting point because it's like the, in our reality, how, you know, we were able to send, send a man to the moon and then you know in the late 60s because um wasn't it the late 60s?
0: 1969.
1: Okay. Yeah, because I I couldn't quite remember it, but
0: 69. Nice. <laughs> but
1: we were <laughs> we were able to we were able to send it because our <clears throat> um we were done with the Great World War. And so we had all the scientists who were trying to be able to prevent world chaos and concentrating on all the weapons were then, you know, refocused on doing something else. So their energies were, you know, were a lot different because there wasn't less survival. And now it's uh, like, okay, then we can send person to the moon.
0: I'm pretty sure yeah. this was motivated by yeah. the Cold War. Like, well, we yeah, need no, to no, get. No, no,
1: no, no. There, there was the Cold War motivation. Beat the Russians where, yeah.
0: before they beat us. and... But, yeah. Maybe like kill us from orbit or something.
1: Yeah. But that also, that also became that, but this was all made possible because we didn't have, we didn't send all our scientists out to create weapons. And also we had, um, you know, the entire country and manufacturing and all the industries were, fo- were turned to focus on war so like in, in world war in, ii yeah yeah and this re- in this movie's reality where world war Two lasted decades there was no means to progress forward to even get to that mm-hmm. you know to even get to that point because there you still had like after world war Two, you had generations who went to factories to produce the weapons and do all this other stuff and then you had the that same people who now had who maybe are maybe their children who remember their dads and or their moms going to w- go into the factories to help everybody out and rationing and all that stuff are now focused towards progressing to space to beat the Russians because hmm. we all had a common enemy again.
0: But that's still yeah. people um, warring in a way. Yeah.
1: In, in a, a way, in a way, but it's still like we stopped one and then we focused on another thing. This movie's reality is one prolonged war.
0: Well, so they do mention that in, in that between times, yeah, um, montage thing, something about how now everybody's able to focus on like development of science for non-war shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So that is the deal with this place. Yeah. Um. Oh, an interesting detail, I thought, was when Great Grandpa describes to the girl uh, how the space gun works. Yeah. <laughs> that it's basically like a gun that fires and sets off. A smaller gun fires and sets off a smaller gun, like, <laughs> fucking nesting doll of guns, and I was... And finally, the little... The capsule thing comes out, and I,
1: dude, Dude, yeah. that,
0: that's kind of like a multi-stage rocket, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's neat.
1: <laughs>
0: so it's a little... Slightly less silly than in 1902 when they had that voyage to the moon, where it was... I, I assumed that firing a a bullet-shaped capsule out of a giant cannon was just kind of supposed to be tongue in cheek in that, that 1902 movie, but this movie is straight up serious. Um, but it sounds a lot less silly when presented as a multi-stage kind of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, right. The Morris, he wants, um, uh, to be chosen. Not just him to be chosen, but he he says it's Catherine's idea, and that's um, Oswald's daughter. Were they a couple? I feel like they're a couple.
1: I think so. I don't know. Yeah. But... um, Felt like it.
0: They wanted to be be the first people into space, and he says... um, uh, Morris says that Catherine said... The only way she knew that the only way her father could allow somebody to send a child was if it was his own. Uh, I don't know whether it's because, you know, it seems to run in the family that they have this urge to explore or he doesn't want to be responsible if it fails with somebody else's kid.
1: That's what I thought.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Although the whole taking risks is worthwhile if it makes if it means something thing kind of
1: but also if it's something like at least if a family loses a child, then there had been discussions about it. I think it was also, um, my God, it was, um, president Eisenhower, I think, or, um, one of, one of them or, uh, one of those, but be- it's somewhere in the, in that era. But, where uh, Eisenhower went over to Korea to investigate, but he wouldn't really, he wouldn't really do anything, and he wasn't comfortable unless his own family was in it because people were. It was one of the last wars where we had a giant draft.
0: Mm. Did they understand the sacrifice? Yeah, and accepted it.
1: Yeah, so others like, did Yeah, as but as a president, he wasn't going to like he wasn't comfortable instituting the draft again unless his own kids were eligible for it
0: that makes sense you know
1: so i, I think it was eisenhower internet told me i could be wrong but it's just something that was very very comforting to me like okay i expect the parents to sacrifice their children i'm going to sacrifice mine if needed,
0: and we'll all be fair and equal yeah
1: exactly it was just a matter in this u- sort of utopian society it just made sense
0: mm-hmm.
1: that if they're going to ask somebody to make this giant risk and to make a leap forward uh which was a part of HG uh, Wells book Wells really a series of essays is um with uh the the um the book that one of the books that's based on it the uh, work wealth and happiness of mankind um uh, one of the uh one of the parts of the book really goes about um explaining what it would take to make a utopia like this and in order to really in order to really make the utopia you have to have um you have to have um satisfying demands uh satisfy the demands of the personas fundamental to the human experience and um also political institutions uh are generally stupid <laughs> Of, um, you know, that you, you can have, you have to have leaders, but because you have these leaders that are above you, the leaders that <laughs> are above you also function on the, what a novel idea that laws apply to everybody.
0: Yeah, I right? know, right? You
1: know, <laughs> I know. <sighs> and, um, I actually want to read this. Hmm. Because this seems pretty interesting, too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, but, yeah, uh, Morris's dad, um... He is not happy. He freaks out with the whole idea because he's rightfully afraid that you know uh, Morris won't come back, and even um, Oswald warns warns him and mm. I think Catherine too that yeah. you might not come back from this. Yeah, but um, yeah, they're not would, too worried.
1: <laughs> no, they're like, "Oh, we're fit, young, and happy. Who cares?" Yeah,
0: yes, yeah, yeah. so I guess she says something uh, echoing the whole theme that. It's yeah. not really living if you don't try to better things, I guess. I, 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 yeah. Those aren't the exact words, but, um. But there's also something to be said, because uh, before a crowd, this big, thick glass pane comes down, like a giant movie screen, and that projects the image of Theo, and his uh, outfit made me think of, like, a toga thing, so, um. That he went on about how people should be satisfied with what they have. Um, yeah, I mean, he kind of has a point, but you know he's the point of view we're not supposed to side with.
1: Yeah, we're not supposed to side
0: At one point, even um, the father passed where the describes this whole um, space launch thing as human sacrifice because he doesn't like the idea that all these kids might be throwing their lives away on something that might not work. But like Catherine expresses, people want more.
1: Yeah.
0: uh, But I guess in a good way. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas Theo is talking about people wanting more in a bad way. He's still kind of a little straw man-y though. Mm-hmm. Um, because he keeps talking about how progress is bad and stuff. Right. He he doesn't say why. I don't
1: think. Well, I think it's just there. You know, you either uh, there's that's sort of where I see Kabul as Bernie Sanders, and I think some of the. Some of the things with Bernie that, you know, why he came across and people felt he was kind of weird was because he proposed all these really great revolutionary things. However, it really it really called on the country to go beyond a little bit of fear. Yeah. Because it's like, what could happen? And it was like, no, trust me, everything will be okay. It'll be great. I'll make sure of it. And, okay, fine, Bernie. We got you. But still, let's go further. Let's go further. And he you know that's where they kind of miss the mark, and I mean this, this guy uh, uh, reality, but this in the movie, this guy kind of echoes that is because he's like, let's see yeah, so he's like, "Well, let's stop all this progression, let's stop this, and you know where he's talking about that, it's just like, okay, we send kids in a giant space gun to them, you know
0: cold emptiness of space yeah
1: so it's like what if this doesn't work what else are you gonna do
0: oh and he starts ranting about um how it'll keep going if even exploring the stars they'll just send more and more people there and yeah um i mean he's not wrong i i watched like the first three seasons of the expanse and i could imagine those poor bastards ending up like abused like the belters yeah. out in bumfuck space Right. Yeah, where yeah. It, it's dangerous and yeah. horrible
1: yeah
0: um so yeah he has a point but he doesn't make it as well right and um so something happens i think with like the position of the moon and they uh, have to go now Which is convenient since it'll wrap up the movie.
1: Right. So they
0: all. But now there's a giant fucking mob heading over to destroy the space gun. Um, I just like saying space gun. (laughs) It is kind of like a giant cannon, but set in the ground, pointing upward, straight up. Um, The sets are pretty cool. uh, Even in the interior of the craft, uh, where the the two kids are. I. I say kids, but they're probably, like, 20-something. And they strap themselves in, and there's a crowd, but I forget what happens. I don't know if uh, uh, um, if there's any speeches given to try to keep them from destroying the place.
1: Well, I I, mean, you know, they're like, well, let's just, you know, I think they just say, okay, let's fire it. Because by the time we get everything ready to go and fired off... Um, and, you know it's it, it we're they're gonna be here. it's gonna take a while for them to get here anyway, so let's just get it done right now., hmm. so basically, it's like, okay, well, they're gonna come to destroy the progress. let's just show them where progress already
0: is. Well, they do manage to launch the rocket um that's neat it, we see you know go up in the clouds, 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 and then we go. Th- change times, and it's nighttime, and it's starry, and you got, um, Oswald and, uh, Passworthy, you know, the father, uh, just kind of looking at the sky talking about, you know, philosophy and stuff, because Passworthy's still kind of worried they won't come back. Although, um, uh, Oswald does point and say he sees, like, a streaking star looking thing, and he says he thinks that's them in their yeah. craft uh we do never find out what happens but he's optimistic yeah. and he does make an impassioned speech um to uh passworthy about i don't think Which i it be
1: uh, yeah he
0: yeah. he says that there's basically two options because passworthy says you know what if we're just but we're just such tiny animals you yeah. know while um oswald goes on about how once we've conquered space we will conquer the mind and all the mysteries of time and the universe and anything that gets in our way and which is one awesome and passionate but two we are kind of focusing on his crazy googling eyes like he does look like a fucking madman yeah um the way he's shot, so um, your mileage may vary.
1: <laughs>
0: but on the whole, I kind of agree with him, if it weren't for like horrible environmental costs and side effects and shit. Yeah. I- ideally, I would like to uh, solve the mysteries of the universe, even if it, despite the whole, you know, it kind of sucks always wanting more and always being hungry for more. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, he says basically says da- there's two choices we can either be little animals scraping for every bit of happiness which I think is pretty well sums up the like the chief from the second segment and his way of life where everybody's just scraping by and grabbing every little bit they can um or you know the other thing the whole um Solve the universe right find everything out thing there are those are the only options according to him, which is uh short sighted but um optimistic at least
1: it's refreshing to hear optimism though yeah, yeah it's, it's what should it be and I think a
0: I like the way that last shot is framed, yeah. where you just kind of see his face on the side of the screen and profile yeah. and it's almost, and it's like he's asking you the viewer, yeah. what 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 will it be
1: i I agree with that i agree with that i kind of like i kind of like that call to action and considering the where everything where everything turned shortly after this you know when the when the movie you know and the during the time when the movie was over and a lot of europe was at war um yeah
0: well did that start 1939
1: 1939 is when it started but the um you know 41 was definitely 4041 was definitely when it's when it really wrapped up mm. um and then you know 1943 was really the peak of it yeah when everybody started pushing germany back yeah um but 4041 was when hitler started bombing the
0: uh, that was not a, a subconscious um, call to visit forty forty one media dot com.
1: No, with no, our uh,
0: podcast uh, partners. <laughs> no,
1: no, but nineteen forty nineteen forty one was really <laughs> and forty two was when Hitler started bombing the United Kingdom mm. and uh, started sending the Blitzkrieg out. Um, but that at that period of time, that's when it really so so like you know where you had all this optimism it. It really kind of calls because this is, you know, you think this is Britain, this is not U.S., but what it really calls to and also what it calls to now, Mm. you know, to really keep the optimism going and especially what what's, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, especially now where it's like in two weeks, we're going to we're going to hit our fifth anniversary
0: of the podcast. Yeah oh
1: you know very we're, we're hitting it very very quickly and this whole idea and we're coming on soon of even when we originally pitched this to uh, 59 media
0: yeah.
1: you know uh, very quickly which is very odd even to even say out loud but mm. you know this whole idea at least what i had in my head is just to provide a more optimistic view of the world on the Internet when everything else is so damn dreary. But this movie itself, like, really calls optimism at the very end. And I, at first, I was like, what the hell is this? And then, you know, once I see the rest of it, and I go, wow. And I go, when we watch it again, I'm like, damn, mm. this was really good. Yeah. This was really good, especially with a lot of other HD well stuff, which I'm kind of... Like I love the time machine,
0: oh yeah, you
1: know, don't get me wrong, but I mean, the first time machine movie is good, the second one is eh, the
0: remake from the 2000s? yeah,
1: yeah it's the remake is eh, not it, it, as great it
0: had um it had some interesting uh differences,
1: yeah, it's, it's uh, I don't think it was thinking. as bad
0: as it. Is it had a reputation for being or
1: no, something? No, that's why I'm not saying it totally sucks. But I mean... It was
0: interesting. But
1: this H.G. Wells thing, it's like, okay, it turns towards optimism. And you go, there's something we can learn from this.
0: Mm. I, I feel like my point of view is kind of maybe contaminated from reading, not intentionally, but just having seen other people write thoughts about, you know, how it's kind of... Good, but kind of naive. Yeah. And I get, yeah, I would say so because I would love to think that, um, technology and ingenuity and all that shit is like the solve all problems best thing ever. But I Mm. mean, um, yeah, the Industrial Revolution fucked up the planet pretty bad. So the whole idea of conquering nature is not, um, Totally a good one. Right. I ain't going to say the other side either and be like, oh, fuck humanity. Uh, nature is awesome, even though it's a, built on a bunch of things murdering each other in terrible ways.
1: Yeah.
0: Because, <laughs> um, you know, kind of fuck nature right. for being disgustingly vicious, too. Yeah. Um, I guess if it's just a horrible, shitty balancing act. God damn, does everything have to be a balancing act? I just want to, like, go with the flow of things and not feel guilty and um not worry about the stupid environment. That's why we need robots in space. Mining unlimited space resources. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Can we just build a Dyson sphere around the sun so we don't have to worry about, I don't know, gasoline exhaust or whatever the fuck? Who knows? Uh, I'm just tired of the whole, oh no, we're terrible species, we're all gonna die, and it's all our fault. Even though I didn't do anything personally. Mm. Except, um, eat cheese and stuff.
1: Well, oh, sorry. Oh, so... Maybe- um,
0: I don't... I... I'm too tired to do fantasy casting. My mouth's doing weird things. Okay. <laughs> Talk too much. L-
1: let's do a little bit, but I have a, I'll, I'll, we'll add a few notes after, but let's do forty forty one media, um, a little promo on that and, uh, let's come back. Because I have a few things I want to say. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening.
0: Movie Theater Time Machine is a part of the 4041 Media Group with podcasts like Sake Your Crime and Free Your Geek, which you can check out at 4041media.com. That's all squished together in one word, and the numbers are written as numbers.
1: Now it's time to tell us what you think. If you got an opinion or want to know what's coming up next,
0: find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for Movie Theater Time Machine.
1: Now our podcast will always be free. Free? to subscribe and share
0: but if you'd like to help us build a bigger better podcast not to mention our confidence you can find merchandise designed by me kaz at zazzle or check out the kaz Foxins animal shop at zazzle for cute animal gifts and pet supplies
1: thanks so much and back to the show and we're back did you enjoy that so, I just had one thing, because I kind of agree with fantasy casting. I, I don't think you could change too much. But My I, mouth's
0: doing a thing.
1: Yeah, I would just say one thing. <laughs> It'd be kind of funny as the boss, just to add Rob Paulson in this.
0: Oh, wait. Why does that sound familiar?
1: Because <laughs> uh, he, he's the guy who wants to take over. Not uh. getting it? He wants to take over, and he wants to try every night.
0: Try to take over the world.
1: Try to take over the world. <laughs> oh my god! But you just have Rob Paulson. But it just whether or not it's whether it's it's uh, Yakko or whether it's Brain. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure, but just I could just you could see like an Animaniacs version. Oh my of god!
0: This. The Animaniacs would be they <laughs> would replace John.
1: Except rather
0: than be all up their own ass about our science utopia that's gonna, uh, force everyone to be in a one world order, um, they'd be like bouncing all over the place. Just taking the piss out of the chief. (laughs) So would the chief be like the executive?
1: well i'd say the chief would be the executive but you have oswald cobble at the end would be dr scratch and sniff oh god and you have it, or they shoot the warners out in the freaking oh, gun oh right? i
0: was thinking the second segment
1: no but they, you shoot the warners out with the gun they go out and they're all, there they are What should it be? What should it be? And it comes back and you have Wacko at the end. (laughs) You have Wacko there going, yeah, what should it be, Daddy?
0: Oh, but what if Scratch and Sniff, would he send them out on purpose to get rid of them? Or would that just be a different character? Because I know at least at some point, maybe in the original show, there was like somebody probably trying to get rid of them.
1: Yeah. Oh, there always was. I mean, there always was something. I just I don't I, remember I, who. <laughs> I would just love to see this whole thing as like, a, as an animaniacs episode.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> I, it would, um, it would take the piss out of the. Yeah. Am I using that phrase right? Yeah. Just sort of poke yeah. fun at the yeah. more taking itself seriously aspect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: well, since we're, it's a British movie, it's they like knocking the Mickey out of you.
0: I thought British people said taking the piss. Yeah. I don't Same fucking time.
1: know,
0: yeah. man. Yeah. Um, ew, don't play it with piss.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm knocking the Mickey out of you is a, a little better term.
0: I I would like to punch Mickey in the yeah. face, I guess, because yeah. Yeah, uh, if it weren't for fucking Mickey Mouse, we wouldn't have draconian copyright laws. Yeah. Fuck you.
1: Yeah, and it's funny you say that, because this movie is a prime example of... of the laws that should be rewritten. Because this movie is one of those that was lost to time for a little while. Oh. Uh, because it was um the original because it was in the in the UK, and I'll be really brief on this. In the United Kingdom, it fell out of copyright.
0: Huh.
1: And, you know, because of the law. But in the UK, there's a thing that it's it's either um, it's fifty years after the release that it falls on a copyright, but they changed that. It fell out of it briefly, and then it came back into copyright because the the director. It's sixty years after the director's death, so the director of this movie died in the seventies. So uh, died in nineteen seventy six. So ironically it would fall out of copyright in 2036, (laughs) at the very end of this movie, (laughs) the the ending scenes of the movie. And that would be kind of funny. And the um, in the U.S., it fell out of copyright, but this was a congressman's favorite movie of all time. And they rewrote this, and it's the – I'm trying to find what the – Name of the law is, cause I couldn't help but picture, um, Homer Simpson when I was saying it's the, the URRAX. It's the, um, yeah, the, um, <laughs> and I'm not going to say this, but it's just really funny. It's just the picture. It's the, the Uruguay Round Agreement Act. And this one here it restores copyrights on foreign works if there's still copyrights in the foreign source. So basically what this did is this movie came about and it actually inadvertently gave Disney uh, Disney Corporation the rights to Mickey back.
0: They never lost them. They extended it.
1: Yes, because of this.
0: I'm confused. Yeah.
1: Wasn't so, he
0: copyrighted in the US?
1: Yes, he was copyrighted here, but it inadvertently, this particular agreement act, um, the, it inadvertently, because it also did it, lawyers also got involved. And this gave, Dis, you know, cause Disney and Mick, Mickey was supposed to be falling out of copyright for Disney, but this inadvertently got it back. Because one of the creators and a lot of the designers were not not nationalized. Um, and this was really, really, really interesting because it inadvertently fucked a lot of it up. So the movie is still within copyright for the next 14 some odd years fuck you know so it's just still kind of funny but the funny thing is is that it's in copyright until the last act of the movie is present day <laughs> oh man so what's next week have you thought of the Or
0: i wanted to discuss that with you okay and our friends when they're feeling better
1: yeah yeah they're definitely i i texted them in the middle of recording this they're on the men they're doing better so they should okay. be better next week uh, but keep the half of the cast in your thoughts and stuff and, you know, fuck COVID and get your damn shots and let's all do this together. We're at war, people, so we got to go ahead and get better.
0: So yeah. you don't want to get defeated by a stupid little puny germ. That's yeah. just, uh, yeah. that'd be embarrassing for no, personally, but, wouldn't it?
1: Right, right. So let's do this. Let's get together. Let's do like what our grandparents' generation did. Get together, defeat the fucking virus and move on. And we have better things to do rather than worry about this crap. So off my soapbox I go. So we'll say this. We'll see you next
0: week. Be good. Take care of yourself. Don't be cheating.